Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Hello, beautiful beings of the Red Podcast land. It's Elaine Kalila here with an episode of the Red Podcast that I am so looking forward to sharing with you all. Today, I'm going to be really diving into the Magdalene Rose, the way of the rose, and into a piece of work, a body of work that has been coming forth through me to offer to you and to the rest of the world that I'm so, so excited about. So I'm going to be announcing to you and talking to you today all about the Magdalene Rose Oracle, which is a a deck of cards and a booklet that is coming to birth very, very soon. In fact, in just a few days on July 22nd, we're going to be offering the Magdalene Feast Oracle Day celebration and launch party for this Oracle card deck. It also happens to be just a couple days shy of my 55th birthday. So there's a lot culminating here. So if you haven't yet registered for that live Magdalene Day celebration, you're going to want to do that because there's lots and lots of lovely bonuses and and birthday gifts from my heart to yours, as well as the chance to come together in celebration of the Magdalene Feast Day to learn more about her as a woman, to learn more about her as a collective consciousness. And when you register, you will also get access to the Return of the Notorious Red Women Pod Summit, which is a collection of 15 podcasts that I've done over the last few months, all gathered together for you, some which have not yet been released into the public, um, that you're going to get to dive into all of these different viewpoints and lineage lines that lead us to the heart of the Magdalene. So with that said, I want to tell you a story. When I was 46 years old, that is nine years ago, a full cycle in terms of the goddess. Something extraordinary and very ordinary happened in my life. I fell pregnant. Now, the backstory of this is something I have shared in other places, but in essence, what happened was that at the tender age of 46, having never been pregnant before in my life, 
I found out this miraculous thing had happened to me. And I remember the moment that I found out that I was pregnant. I was kind of put into this altered zone of incredible um, energy surging through my body. It was as if in the moment that I found out, I could feel what was happening already inside of my body. And my body began to change shape very quickly. I started to show signs of being pregnant very early on in my pregnancy, around six or seven weeks. Just after I had found out, I could already see my belly swelling, my breasts getting bigger. I could start to feel the presence of this life force inside of me. And here's the deal. You know, I had thought that I couldn't get pregnant. And as a result, I'd kind of let go of the idea of being a mother to a physical baby. When this happened, it was like a doorway in my heart, in my soul being opened up wide, and I suddenly felt myself become a mother overnight. It was like the baby wasn't here yet, but I I entered into that that consciousness of the mother, the archetype of the mother. This this feeling started to awaken inside of me, this deep instinctual blood lineage feeling of what it is to feel protective over a life that you're carrying within your own body. And it was one of the most extraordinary things. So the journey progressed and I reached that magic 12-week mark that everyone talks about the end of the first trimester. You can't see anything happening in there, even though your body is swelling. There's no evidence of the baby, right? You're just in that dark, trusting place that all is well. Around 13 weeks, and I find that significant that it's the number of 13, I started to feel something shift inside of me. And at first I went into denial. I went into denial because I really felt this place where I had already birthed myself into being the mother. It was done within me. I had I had signed on the dotted line. I had made the agreement to bring this baby through. I had begun to change all of my plans and my life. I had done, started to do all those things in the external world to start to prepare myself. At 14 weeks, I fell really unwell. I could feel this fog taking over my consciousness. I started to feel really sick. Morning sickness turned into all-day sickness. And I, I knew something was wrong. So secretly, unbeknownst to my partner, my beloved, I took myself off to the to the doctors and, and I did a pee test and I did an ultrasound. And it was when she did the ultrasound to, to see what was happening that she told me that the pregnancy was no longer viable, that the baby, there was no heartbeat. And I don't know how to describe that moment, but it was like I felt like somebody had literally ripped my insides out of me and I I, I, I suddenly felt dismembered in the true shamanic sense of the word, dismembered. 
like I was fragmented, like parts of my body were floating in space somehow and I, I was trying to gather it all back together, only I couldn't. I remember driving home from the appointment and having to tell my partner what had happened and I don't really remember much after that for the I don't know how many days it was I mean I was still working I was still having to show up in my life and I had in fact just launched the very very first program of the priestess presence temple and um and I was having to show up to offer online temples in the midst of all this happening we know that something powerful happens in these rites of passage. We meet the dark face of the mother. We meet the dark face of the goddess in her awesome capacity to rip things apart, to destroy as well as create. And I was thrown into what can only be described as a hell realm inside of myself. I, I was literally clawing at the floors and the ceilings and thumping myself, beating my head, beating my heart, petitioning the goddess as to why, why would she be so cruel? And that was the word, it was cruel. Why would she be so cruel to do this? And so the days that unfolded after that were a fog, a fog of dismembered, being of nightmarish dreams and and of course we always know there's something really bizarre afoot cosmic mythic afoot when they scheduled me for my dnc on Samhain <laughs> on all hallows eve on the day when the th veils are thinnest when the ancestors are speaking to us and it was the most bizarre setup as you can imagine because i went in to get this procedure that was you know, one of the worst things that someone who's been pregnant can go through is now we have to remove the diet, the dead fetus, the dead matter from the body. Like it's such a death ritual that we don't talk about because why would we talk about this? Well, I want to talk about it because this rite of passage, this, this experience of having life and death scraped out of my womb suctioned out of me while I was semi-conscious under the, the, you know, the medication of fentanyl, which if you've ever taken that, you'll know it's the, that's also a very bizarre experience. So having that, that life that was sucked out of me and having to let go, I was lucky enough to have an OBGYN who understood this process and she gave me all the time in the world. In fact, she did not do that procedure until an hour after talking, an hour after the crying, an hour after me lamenting and not being ready and being terrified of what this meant. She also honored my request to hold the bowl in which she had sucked everything into in my hands before she took it away. I wanted, even though I knew there was no baby as such there, I wanted to, to touch what I had been. You know, there's something so 
taboo about talking about this level of our life, death, and rebirth experiences of being in a feminine body, of being so rooted into the goddess, the earth, the destruction and creation cycles. And yet it is where our power lies because the truth of the matter is that that moment, that rite of passage nine years ago signaled to me a profound shift in my life. And I think that's true for so many of us. And it may seem odd that I'm starting off this story of celebration of the birth of something with talking about the death of something, but I don't know how else to enter into it. Because in truth, the birth of the Magdalene Rose Oracle deck comes out of the death of that baby. And this is the thing, right? When we have a miscarriage, we're not encouraged to talk about that miscarriage as a baby, it was an embryo or it was a fetus. But this is what I know. For any of you who've had this experience, your life has been turned inside out. You have gone through one of the most profound shamanic initiations that a woman can go through in her own body. There is the birth of a baby, which is an immense shamanic initiation of death and rebirth for the mother, but so is miscarriage. Because you are created as a mother the moment you find out you're pregnant. And then you do not get to hold that baby in your arms. You instead get to go through the grief of never getting to meet that baby in its physical form. So within every birth there is a death, and with every death there is a birth, and that is at the center of the mysteries of the Divine Feminine, as far as I can tell. And so I mark the birth, the celebration, the extraordinary birth of the Magdalene Rose Oracle deck nine years after my miscarriage, because it was in the moment of the miscarriage, in the moment of being in the grief, in the unassailable grief, in the place of wanting to claw my own eyes out. I was in so much physical pain. Who knew that this level of grief could put you into so much pain in the body? And it was when I was on my knees, surrendered into the mother, my head on her lap, screaming, crying, thrashing, that I met the Magdalene. Now, I didn't know that it was the Magdalene in that moment. It only became clear as I followed the breadcrumbs that she started to lead me upon. I now know it was her who whispered to me through the ethers in that dark, dark underworld cave where I was languishing, hanging myself on the death hook just as Inanna had done 3,500 B.C., It's over 5,000 years ago that we have this story of the Divine Feminine dismemberment, of the Divine Feminine's death and rebirth, her resurrection. And it was when I was hanging on the meat hook in the darkness that the Magdalene came to me in the grief. And she held me and she whispered in my ears. And she was the one that began to lead me toward what would become the birthing that I was to be gifted with this lifetime for it wasn't to be a physical child and even now catches in my throat even now nine years later I can feel the grief 
and I can feel the love and I can feel the joy because grief and love are inexorably linked, my loves. That is part of what I have learned. Grief and love are inexorably linked. And so down in the darkness, I realized I had already named the baby and knew it was a girl and I knew that her name was to be Sophia. Sophia Rose. And of course, there are many, many, many babies by that name in this generation because there are so many of us who are tuning into the Sophia consciousness and to the lineages of the Rose. And what I realized was that that spirit baby was never to leave me. In fact, she was a consciousness. I haven't really spoke about this publicly, but this is truly how I feel about it. And those of you who have spirit babies that live within you and around you will understand what I mean. And perhaps those of you who don't, you can feel into this with me for a moment. But the soul came in to my being of the baby that was to not ever come into form, but was to come to initiate me, to wake me up, to provide me with a rite of passage that I desperately needed in order to land more fully in my own purpose in this lifetime, in my own meaning in this lifetime, and to realize that I was not to birth a physical baby, but that I was to bring into form the Priestess Presence Temple, which is what I began to devote all of my attention and my energy towards that and the School of the Sacred Arts, the mystery schools of the Priestess Presence Temple space. But it was also a body of work that I came to know and have come to know as following the way of the rose. It was that that was planted like a seed inside of me in place of the baby in my womb space nine years ago. And it has taken me nine years to listen, to travel the path of the initiate, to enter into what I consider to be a true Gnostic practice, which is an inner contemplation, an inner teaching, where we contemplate the rites of passage, where we contemplate how are we being called to enter into this endless cycle of birth, life, death, and rebirth throughout our lives. And I started in earnest and deep devotion, truly, to begin to study the life of Mary Magdalene, to study the Gnostic scriptures, to spend time in that. And it was the most bizarre thing, because up until that point of nine years ago, I had been steeped in the mystery school of the 13 Moon Mystery School and I had been trained as a priestess, ordained as a priestess and I was focalizing and gathering women around the 13 faces of the Divine Feminine. But I had not revisited or even touched with a hodgepodge, to be honest, my Christian roots. You know, like many of you, I was raised Christian. I was raised inside the Anglican and Evangelical churches in England. And at the tender age of 13, and I've told this story elsewhere too, but, you know, through a great schism with that church, I had an awakening that made me wake up and essentially realize that what I was being shown was 
not the true story. What I was being shown, what I was being taught was vastly missing the perspective of the feminine. And I realized that there were no women who I was ever going to be exposed to within that version of the Christian church. And so I left. I left, I became the heretic of that particular path and went in search of the goddess. And it took me on a very, very profound, deeply challenging, often incredibly irritating and frustrating journey all over the world, seeking for, yes, exactly that which lives within us, but we don't know that right when we're in our youth. And so my arrival into the calling to study the Magdalene and in particular to study the canonical gospels and then to go into this early apocryphal texts and into the Gnostic traditions and into the Gospel of Mary and Philip and Thomas and was a big shock to me. I was like, what the heck am I doing? And um, I felt somewhat um, hidden about it, like I didn't talk about it publicly. I was just sort of privately doing it. But there was this 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 awakening within me of all of this this stuff that I've been studying throughout the years and this this place that Mary Magdalene was holding in my psyche that I believe she's holding in so many of our psyches and and that's the 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 poster child right of the the, the denigrated fallen woman the 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 woman who has um you know, been displaced because she is unclean, she's a whore, she's a prostitute, she is, she has been sullied, she is not worthy. And she, of all the women in history in the last 2000 years, holds such an iconic place of being misplaced, of being misunderstood, but of yet holding this deep, dark shadow journey that the feminine has been on for the last two to three thousand years at the hands of patriarchy. And so I knew that she was like this, this beacon somehow for me. And within the miscarriage experience, she had kind of shown up to, to say to me, essentially, what then will you choose to devote your life to? It was like a turning point. It was like up until that point, I had been sort of, you know, doing things but not fully committed and devoted and I believe that devotion is the is the higher resonant frequency of commitment it was like I I had to choose to fully be here to get here what the heck does that mean well that I believe is what the Magdalene has been guiding me on for the last nine years is how to actually get here not to transcend being here but to actually get here to be here in my full embodied presence. Now, what the heck does that mean? Well, Magdalene has led me through so many journeys. And it was when I came across this way of the rose, this idea of the sacred sisterhood of the rose, and I began to, to, to dig into well, what does that even mean? What does the way of the rose talking about? Like, why, why does the rose show up as a symbol, as an image, as a, as a teaching? What is it that's in there? And at the beginning of my journey, after the miscarriage, I went, like so many of us do, to find something to mark that moment. And I ended up with two tattoos on my body that were 
where my devotion, my commitment to this path of the priestess, to the path of reclaiming the power and the dignity and the reverence for women in spiritual leadership of all lineages and traditions. And I placed upon my body, and there's no mistaking here, this symbol of the six-petaled flower, the flower of life, which is now seen everywhere, by the way, right? It's become a very common symbol. But nine years ago, I put it on my body as a declaration to myself that I was choosing to devote myself to this path, to her. And I didn't know then that this six-petaled rose is the rose that's associated that comes from the early Christian traditions. In fact, this is the symbol of Christianity that predates the crucifix, the cross, and the symbol of the six-petaled rose. And so I began to dive into this journey with the six-petaled rose. And I was like, oh, what is this going to reveal? And I've, you know, the, 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 the sacred geometry of the flower of life is so powerful and so intrinsic to our world and I started to ask for guidance and this is where it gets interesting because <laughs> you know when we're on the pathway of initiation we get to come through certain gateways well there was another gateway that has led to the birthing of the Magdalene Rose Oracle deck, and it is this. Whew. About a couple years after I had the miscarriage, I was in Glastonbury, modern day Avalon, ancient Avalon. And I was leading a pilgrimage, the pilgrimage that I still lead with my beloved Diana Dubrow, called The Awakening and the Remembrance of the Magdalene Heart. And I was at the Chalice Well, and the Chalice Well is this extraordinary place where the Red Spring flows out of the Tor. And the Red Spring is full of iron oxide and is runs alongside what is known the White Spring, which is full of calcite of magnesium and calcium, and it's and it's the White Spring, right? So there's the Red Spring and the White Spring, the lifeblood and the semen, the the divine feminine and the divine masculine in, in such a deep way. And I was up very, very early at the Chalice Well. It's a gorgeous English country garden with the with where the wellhead is, and I'm sitting at the wellhead. And I'm in meditation. And the birds are singing and it's very, very quiet and still. And out of the corner of my eye, internally, inside my vision, I see a woman dressed in red. And I know not to disturb the field, for I know that oftentimes when we are surprised by what we're seeing, we can kind of, you know, disturb the field and then we lose the thread. Well, needless to say, what unfolded in this vision was one of the most extraordinary experiences of my life. There was a vision that came into being that has informed everything that I have been doing since. And in essence, what happened was I was transported by this woman who I came to understand 
with Mary Magdalene or the Magdalene. And she took me to the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, I knew this name, but I couldn't recall what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane until later. But the Garden of Gethsemane was where Magdalene and Yeshua had their last encounter before the next day he was taken and crucified. When he went through his death and resurrection process. In the vision, and I will truncate this a little bit because there was a lot that happened, but the important part of the vision was I was led to see Magdalene and Yeshua standing opposite one another, holding a chalice. And the chalice became a toroidal field of light. And the toroidal field of light encompassed both of them. And they became one field of this incredible pearlescent rainbow light. And I was called to come to stand in the midst of that rainbow pearlescent light. And as I did in the vision, I was very clearly asked, do you choose to take the vow to walk as love? (laughs) Well, in the moment, every part of my being said firm, yes, I do. What I didn't know in that moment was that that was another turning point. The miscarriage had been one, and this was another one on the journey to realizing what that actually meant. It's one thing for us to take a vow, but truly when we take a vow, we don't know what it means. Like the marriage vow, we have to live into what that means with our beloveds. Well, when we take a vow inside our priestesshood to walk as love, we are taking a vow to live out the, the contemplation, the deep inquiry of what does that even mean. And so I began to be in that inquiry too. And as I was in that inquiry, I started to realize that this way of the rose was a system I was getting shown a system of the rose holding the imprint of what it is for us to grow from the seed to the bud to the full bloom of the rose back to the rose hip and into the earth. This cycle of life, birth and death and rebirth through every stage of life through our spiritual maturation process. And I started to realize that there was this six-petaled path of spiritual maturation that wasn't something we did once, but something that we repeated over and over and over again. And that the the way in which we were coming to that spiritual maturation was through love, was the many faces of love. And so I started to listen even deeper and then something really miraculous started to happen. And you know, when you're in this extraordinary, imaginal, mystical realm, you, you, it, it's as if you're being shown all of a sudden, here it is. And so I was shown that each one of those six petals of the rose, six faces of the rose, was in fact an archetypal stage of our spiritual development. And they came forward as six faces of the Magdalene. 
Now, does the Magdala have many more than six faces? Of course she does. She has infinite faces. In fact, we can't really even name the faces because there are thousands of them. However, these six faces denote a really clear and beautiful journey from inception, conception, through life to death and rebirth, the core mystery embedded in the rose. And so who arose in my internal dialogues and imagination were the red maven, the high priestess, the sovereign queen, the Rosa Mystica, the ecstatic alchemist, and the death maiden. And these six faces of the Magdalene have guided me through this process of creating what now has become this body of work that I've been teaching for the last few years and that has now been distilled, quintessentialized, if you will, into this card deck of 40 cards that lead us through the journey of what it means to be on our spiritual maturation journey to become divine humans. Now, what does that even mean to become a divine human? Because this has been such a profound inquiry for me and I'm still in it, but this is what I have gleaned and I don't pretend to have all the answers here at all. In fact, I am as much in the mystery as you are, but the piece that I have, I have gleaned from being within this work is this, that the journey of embodiment, the journey of the divine feminine, when we talk about embodiment, is to come down into our humanity, into the expanse of our humanity, which is everything from the ecstatic beauty, joy, and bliss that we can feel inside this human body to the depths of grief and sorrow and loss and hatred and grief that we can feel in this human body. And that our ability to be able to embrace our humanity, our fallible, vulnerable, sensitive humanity is at the heart, is at the very heart of what it means to be on our spiritual maturation journey. It is not through transcending our humanity. It is through coming down and into our humanity and fully loving ourselves in our humanity, choosing love. That's that whole thing about the way of love. Choosing to love ourselves in all of the permutations, but not just love ourselves, love the other. Love the other when we find it so hard to do that to choose to love the other but then we come upon the confounding piece of what is love anyway and love is not one thing love is so many things and so here you begin to see the fractal kaleidoscopic opening of this incredible teaching that appears on the surface to be about six phases of the divine feminine or six phases of spiritual growth and we realize Wow, when something is quintessentialized, we realize that it opens up into a into a multiplicity, a fractal that is so innately intricate and beautifully complex because there is no one answer. And that's what an oracle is truly. 
an oracle offers us the opportunity to interface through archetypal awareness into the numinous. The numinous is that which we cannot touch, that which we cannot name, that which cannot be named. We can merely point toward it and that's what symbols and images do. Stories and myths, they point to the presence of the divine. But that which is divine truly cannot be named. And we all know that. But what we are given through an oracle and through this Magdalene Rose Oracle particularly is access to the wisdom that lives within us that is triggered by looking at a card and reading a transmission. We are looking through a certain lensing that helps us to deepen inside our own journey of where am I on the journey? Who am I within this? What is growing within me? What needs to be released? What is it that is ready to come to bloom? What is it that is ready to be laid to rest? All of these questions that lead us into the the mythology, the cosmology, the the <laughs> map, if you will, of what it is to grow through life and death and rebirth, which is at the heart of the Inanna mystery, is at the heart of the Magdalene mystery, is at the heart of the of the the mysteries from all over our planet. We 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 find this story repeated, and so we love to play with the oracle, right? because it helps us to see something that otherwise we might not see that's obscured in the shadow. And so I wanted to share with you today a little piece from the Magdalene Rose Oracle. I pulled a card for this particular offering and it has shaped what I decided to share with you today. And the card that I pulled is from the suit of the Sovereign Queen and the Sovereign Queen energy that I'm presencing is that of the Initiatrix. The Initiatrix. I'm so not surprised <laughs> that she showed up. And I will be posting an image of her so that you can see her alongside this podcast episode because you'll understand when you see her why I've told you all the stories of initiation that came through in order for me to birth this into form. And this is the truth that I know for sure in being with my own journey and the journey of so many other women within the Priestess Presence School of the Sacred Arts and the, the mystery schools that we offer there is no one of us will ever escape the initiations of life. We will never escape that we are born and that we grow and that we have to die to a previous part of self in order to move forward. And sometimes this process is deeply painful. Sometimes it is joyful and liberating, but that we will be challenged to have to grow beyond where we sit now is inevitable. And that no one of us will escape the heartbreak and the grief of having to let go of a previous part of self or a relationship or uh, a way our body functions. 
or a job or a vision that has come to completion, that it is bittersweet, that completion is is the marking point of an end of something and the beginning of something new. And so I'm highly aware <laughs> that in offering this Oracle deck out into the world, the Magdalene Rose out to the world now, I am reaching both the end of something and the beginning of something. And that is exactly where I feel I am at. And what I really, truly hope is that it serves your consciousness in navigating where you are at in your life and providing insight, gnosis about what's unfolding for you. So I'm going to read a little bit from the Initiatrix. She's a powerful archetypal energy. She's the main archetype card of the Sovereign Queen, cadre of cards. There's six cards in each suit. And then that makes 36 cards. And then there is four cards that are divine principle cards. So she is the number 14, which translates to the number five, which in the traditional tarot deck is the card of the Hierophant, which originally, before it was the Pope, that you will see usually on the modern renditions or some version of that, the Divine Masculine, the original imagery for the Hierophant was in fact Isis. Just to plant that seed into your consciousness. So who we're working with here collectively with the Initiatrix is the energy or the deep ancestral remembrance through all the lineages of this goddess Isis in her role as the initiator. So here we go. Sovereign Queen, Initiatrix. I am the Sovereign Queen. I am the Initiatrix. I sit beneath a solar disk of light that illuminates from the crown down to the third chakra. This is a place of unequivocal worth and value. I am the call to return to the center of your inner castle. It's time for you to take up residence again in the center of your throne room so that you may remember the seat of your self-authority. I am the throne of your embodied lioness, your sovereign presence, and I carry the codes of light that connect you to your inherent noble purpose. I am the embodiment of initiation, catalyzing the fullest expression of your inner truth. I awaken the courage in your heart to walk your truest path with self-honor, with dignity, with valor and compassionate strength. As the face of the Magdalene, who is the Sovereign Queen, I am the one who embodies an eternal marriage between left and right, male and female, within and without, above and below. Within this internal marriage, there's an, a center point between humanity and divinity, between personal will and divine will. 
Here resides the seat of your inner authority and your inner castle. It illuminates like the sun, activating your sacred purpose in every cell of your being. As you feel, then emanate this brilliance, you can discern what's true and walk with real power, wisdom and love. Beloved, I am here to initiate you into a deeper level of self-honor, self-trust and self-responsibility. I'm here to challenge you to sit in your truth and know when you're out of integrity. It's time for you to face life with lion-hearted courage. It's time to see through the eyes of your embodied power. What is true? What does this alignment feel like to you? So, I'll pause there for a moment. There's one more piece to share from the initiatrix. (laughs) But you will make sense, no doubt, of why I chose to share the stories that I have shared with you about the conception and how this this whole journey has come into fruition, has come into being. And I'm in amazement because truly, every time I seem to pull a card from this deck, it illuminates a deeper level of understanding for my own journey, but also for our collective journey. Because here's the thing, we all are being called forward to our deeper noble purpose. We're all being initiated in some way. And when we start to choose to allow ourselves to embody this face of the goddess, this energy of the power of our truth, the power of our presence, the power of what it is that each one of us is here to imprint as a legacy, if you will, in this short, short moment that we are actually here in the body, that we have the ability to be able to create and make manifest, what is it that you are being initiated into right now? This is the the wider scope of this card. Like, she's calling all of us to look at the initiations. And for me, the initiation right now is to put this out there into the world. And whenever you put anything into the world, there's always a part of self that is is challenged, right? Because it's vulnerable to share ourselves. It's vulnerable to share anything into the wider world because then we have to stand in the truth of it. We have to stand in alignment with it. We have to hold coherence and resonance with it. That is the devotion that I was talking about earlier on that you know, came through me, you know, and and all of this is a study. We are all students on this path of the curriculum of our own soul's incarnation here and making um, deeper meaning and uncovering what purpose even means. What does it mean to be here in your soul purpose? Because I don't think it's (laughs) what we're told it is. I think, you know, it's it's many, many, many things. It's never straightforward and it's never just one or the other. It's nuanced, right? And it changes through our lives. Now, when I think back, I my first Oracle deck attempt was when I was in my early 30s and I was I was writing an Oracle deck then. I just didn't have the technology of how to create it and make it happen. 
Um, and so this has been a dream seed I've been carrying, knowing that something about the power of the oracle is is so profound in communicating and opening an imaginal space together because the images and the words open this this shared space of the mystical and imaginal where we're together in it. I get to be with you through these cards in a completely different way than any other form, than even this podcast. And I love to do podcasts because they're so intimate. You know, I find myself much more ease sharing from my heart resonance to yours in this medium. So the question I'm posing is, what is the initiatrix calling you to pay attention to? So I'm going to read you the next piece from the booklet here. It says, receiving this card is a sovereign queen initiation. This is a call for you to feel your inner sovereign queen. Have you been feeling off-center? Perhaps life has been busy or challenging, and in trying to keep up, you've bent yourself out of shape so much that you've wobbled off your inner throne. Mm, doesn't that sound familiar for so many of us, being so busy that we get wobbled off our center? She goes on to say to us, hair tousled and no longer recognizing yourself, you've kind of forgotten what was important. Maybe you've abdicated your power, feeling powerless, saying yes when you meant no, or giving someone else the power to decide what was right for you. This happens to all of us from time to time. This is the human part I was talking about. You know, it's like, it's not like we, it's a one-time job of like, oh, I'm going to sit in my center and find my sovereign throne and find the sovereign queen within me and realign my life with the deeper truth. It's like, this is an ongoing um, ability to to harmonize what being in our center even feels like and to embrace our humanity that inevitably has us fall off center because that's just how it is. I find it fascinating that one of the original meanings of the word sin was just to miss the mark. So when you're being sinful, you're missing the mark. An even earlier rendition of the word sin, by the way, talks to the left-handed path, and it was the worshippers, the priestesses of the moon. The, the sin went, were the women who were connected into the lunar path, into the left-handed path. So even further back than how we use sin now. So it's fascinating, right, to uncover all of this. But that's to say that the initiatrix is here to awaken us, to ask us to look through that lens of what needs to be brought into deeper alignment. And so what else does she say here? She says, now it's time to straighten yourself back up and sit in your truth, your integrity, your honor, your humility, your courage, and your grace. Realign with your beautiful inner power and hold court for your honor, nobility, and depth of heart. It is time, it is time, it is time. Consider this, she says. Where are you still saying yes when you mean no? Where are you leaking your power? So for me, this whole journey, the last nine years, the initiatrix 
has been calling me back into a commitment, a devotion, an honoring, a self-honoring of the path that I'm here to walk. And I believe that she is doing that for all of us. And it's not always easy to take that medicine. This is the suit of cards, the sovereign queen who's connected into our reclamation of our power, of our sovereign power. And in order for us to reclaim our sovereign power, we have to realize where we have been marching to someone else's tune, where we have been seeking for that validation or seeking for that sense of goodness, that we're doing okay, that we're good enough, that we're worthy enough for outside of ourselves. And this has been an absolute journey for me personally. This particular archetypal energy of the Magdalene has whooped my ass, as the saying goes, because of this place that we're so many of us face into to do with self-doubt, doubting ourselves, doubting our truth, not being able to hear what's real and true, not feeling the truth, not having a barometer internally for, for how we're going to utilize our own power in service to what will we utilize this amazing power that runs through us? How will we co-create with it? So my loves, so much more to come. <laughs> I'm going to be offering on the live Magdalene feast day celebration and birthday party for the Rose Magdalene Rose Oracle. I'm going to be offering some readings there. I'm going to be collaborating with uh, some of the amazing women who've been part of the Notorious Red Women Pod Summit. Going to be giving away some birthday gifts to you all um, from my from my heart, and just basically celebrating this pathway of the emergence of the Divine Feminine through us, of the reawakening of the Magdalene in so many ways, through so many amazing conduits, and really connecting into how she is living within every single one of us and, and awakening us at this time. So, my loves, I look forward to being with you, and I really want to hear how you are being initiated at this time to come back into connection with your deeper truth, with your soul purpose, with your noble purpose, with your self-honoring, with your dignity, with your courage to walk the path that you are most aligned with walking in your life at this time. So much love to you all. It's been an honor to be here to share these stories May we know that every creation, every book, every deck of cards that we may have, that we may be gifted with, has gone through an incredible birthing process in the psyche of the co-creator. It is such a process. And I honor all of you who have created things and created children, created lives, created projects, books, offerings, fabulous, amazing things that you've birthed through you. For we are all here as creatrixes, and that's one of the lessons from this oracle deck. The first archetypal suit is the red maven, and she is the energy of the creatrix. And truly, we are all here 
consciously birthing ourselves and this world into being. I can't wait to be with all of you very shortly. July 22nd. See you soon. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As Red Women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings. Blessings.